guys, this is Mackenzie. Hey, this is Owen. Don't forget to like our show and subscribe. This podcast is brought to you by the Love and Kindness Project Foundation. What is one thing that you could do to think, speak, or act kindly today? Go to loveandkindnessproject.org to learn more. Before we begin this podcast, if you or someone you know is in crisis or needs emotional support, there are tools that can help. So get yourself a pen and paper or open a note-taking app on your phone or computer. Feel free to pause this episode while you get yourself ready. The episode starts at 1 minute and 6 seconds. You can call Talk Suicide Canada at 1-833-456-4566. You can text 45645, which is coming in the fall of 2023. In Canada, you can also call 988, the kids' help phone at 1-800-668-6868. The Trans Lifeline in Canada is 1-877-330-6366 and in the United States, 1-877-565-8860 or call 911. You are not alone and you do not have to be alone. I would like to honor and recognize the traditional and unceded territories of the Katsi, Kwantlen, and Semiamu nations on whose territory I live, work, and play. Welcome to We Are the ADHD Family Podcast. This podcast is meant to chronicle our journey with ADHD, autism, and other discoveries along the way. I reach out to advocates, experts, individuals, and other families that want to raise their voices and empower those on their journey. My name is Mark Smeets, and I am passionate about removing barriers for others through creating connections and building on strengths and practical problem solving. I am married to Siobhan, a parent to two wonderful kids, and all of us have ADHD. I want you to feel like you have power and hope. And now, into the episode. So the other day I was on the couch and I was listening to my AirPods. I went to get up, go do something else. Got distracted, went to do other things. I was about to go to bed and I realized, oh, I should listen to such and such video. And I went to look for my AirPods. Couldn't find them. So as I began to look for the AirPods, I looked in the usual places like the fridge, the freezer, pants, the car, the kids' room. I seriously could not remember where I put them. I eventually found them the next day. They had fallen into a basket that was beside her. And honestly, I'll, I feel ripped off. Why, why couldn't I have found them in the freezer or the oven? Or in the garbage. Like, where? why couldn't they have been in a place that was weird and unusual? Not just in the basket. Hey, everyone. I hope you're all doing fantastic and are looking forward to my conversation with Jeff. Just a quick programming note. Unfortunately, Jeff realized that he was late for a meeting when we were doing our recording. And we ended up having to cut our conversation short. But we're going to talk again because it was a heck of a lot of fun. It's not often that you hear two guys you know, talking about what scares them and, you know, what, where we feel vulnerable. The entire conversation is going to be available if you're a subscriber. I do want to quickly note that this is going to be my first content warning. Both our kids' journeys into the world wasn't easy. And if you want to skip over that section, just go to 13 minutes or so and you'll have missed that part. My guest today is Jeff Borishawa and Jeff and I met through a health podcast collective and you've heard him 
on the previous episode uh, that we were doing for for our show. And um, I thought I'd just give a little brief overview of of just kind of what's going on here. So Jeff knows and the audience sort of knows. Um, we had some thunderstorms roll through last night, and there's a possibility that they may appear again today. So if all of a sudden I jump and I'm like, ah, you're going to know why, because I'm not expecting thunder and the blinds behind me are closed. And also, Jeff introduced me to another, I'm just going to say, mutual friend slash acquaintance, which was uh, Stephanie Escoto, and we just recorded a podcast episode together, and that went super awesome. And that whole episode is centered all around creativity, and that was a heck of a lot of fun. So I was excited by it, and um, yeah, it's been fun to get to know Jeff, and uh I didn't realize how similar our journeys was. So the whole point of our episode today is to talk about um, really just have a conversation as two parents, two dads, and uh, just sort of comparing our journeys and, and seeing where things are different and wherever this goes, this goes. So Jeff, welcome to the show. Awesome. Well, Mark, thank you for having me. And uh, I look forward to seeing um, I know full well it's never going to go the direction we plan on, but uh, I think we'll we'll find the journey is fun anyways. Oh, definitely. So I think it'd be good to just establish the beginnings of everything. So for you, um, now I know you have two kids, if I can remember correctly, um, and our kids are both similar in ages. But when when things started, like. I want to go back just to the beginning before they were born or as they were born. Did was any of this on your radar as far as um as far as any of it goes? Absolutely not. And I think um, you know, it it's interesting because as my boys grow, I start to see more and more of me in them. And uh I, I guess honestly, um I knew I was different. I just didn't know, you know, I didn't, I've never been formally diagnosed in terms of, you know, I haven't sat down and completed diagnostics, but, um, you know, I knew that I was different from other people. It honestly, we were just hoping for a, you know, healthy baby. And, you know, we wanted to get through the pregnancy and, you know, we'll, I guess we'll, we'll meet this little person when we meet them. Um, it wasn't probably until they were our oldest was four or five that I started to realize, you know, these odd characteristics I had were also in him as well. Mm. That's interesting. Was I'm curious because I know for our journey for the kids being born, the was was it was your uh, how do I I'm trying to come up with a good way to phrase this was from the point up until birth was that a smooth process or did you guys have challenges too i guess um our our first son uh his pregnancy was completely uneventful right up until the moment of his birth um he was actually he had a fetal stroke and he was stillborn so oh, wow um he he created a lot of drama right at the end and you know i i think it was just sort of you know he's fine he's very well adapted and, and things like that um i think he saved it all scared the hell out of us for a week and then 
um, since then he's, you know, he's 14 now and he's healthy and happy and, um, you know, he, he's very, very resilient. He hasn't been sick a day in his life almost since birth, but, um, wow. you know, there were three minutes where the doctors called him and they were about to stop, um, resuscitation. So, um, yeah, we, we had no idea. And then our second child's, um, his was a very odd pregnancy that the doctors misdiagnosed a lot of things. Um, they actually wanted us to terminate the pregnancy and we decided that we couldn't and wouldn't, um, you know, it was just, there's a whole bunch of different things. And um, the irony is a lot of the testing could only be done after the fact, you know, after mm -hmm. the point of no return. And, you know, we had to sort of accept that, you know, it is what it is. We'll, we'll deal with yeah. whatever happens in the end. And I'm happy to report that uh, most of the things they were worried about never came to pass. Um, mm. Very grateful that we were stubborn enough to uh, to fight for him because the world would be a much worse place without him in it. So Yeah. Yeah. The for I know for me and us, like my wife and I, the the journey for our son being born, like our daughter was <laughs> our daughter was smooth. It was everything was sort of scheduled. And I mean, the first time you go through birth, you're not gonna know. You you, you don't know sort of what you're gonna expect or whatnot. And and the process of Owen being born was that was hard. We ended up nearly losing him twice. Um I haven't mentioned this or done an episode or anything on this part of it. Um, the first time was a misdiagnosed miscarriage. Um, and the second time was the emergency C-section and we didn't realize the cord was wrapped around his neck. So that whole experience of, you know, I'm, and it's, I mean, it, it deeply changed everything, the way that I look at pregnancy and, and everything else. And, and to me, pregnancy is very much about women's health and anybody who doesn't see it just, ah, oh, we, we need to do so much more. We did. We're, I, I just think yeah. we're, we're so behind in, in that regards. Um, but I feel like you and I are pretty much on the same page as, as far as that goes. Um, but it's, it's interesting to to sit there and have that because there's that sort of terror you have of, especially because we're not the ones pregnant like you and I, I mean, we don't have that. We are the only thing that we can do is, is advocate. And, and like, I remember when Owen was born, my wife had lost a lot of blood and she was, she was out of it. She was, she was sick. And that was scary. Cause there was, I was in the, the recovery room with Owen holding him and you know, she's getting stitched up and I know they're, I think they were giving her infusions or whatever it was, but, um, that moment of just, you know, what the hell's going on and you don't know, it's, it's terrifying for us and we're not the ones being operated on. And it's like, what do you do now? It's, it's scary. Um, there's, there's your, there's sort of the first lesson in being an advocate too at the time. <laughs> You're thrown well, into this because you, you don't know what to ask. You you don't yeah. know what to ask. You, you just get comfortable being there and asking whatever, like, I, I can empathize and relate because, 
with my oldest son, his cord wrapped around, and they, they don't know if that triggered the stroke or if it was just coincidence. But, you know, we went from me, my wife, and a couple of nurses and a doctor. All of a sudden, there's 30 people in the room shouting at each other and telling each other what to do. And I'm just like, what do I do? Where do I stand? Like, you know, yeah. it's. Yeah. 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 It, it, I mean, a funny, I mean, this is a dark humor sort of story, but the, um, I mean, I look and I laugh at it. The, after Owen had come out of, of Siobhan and, and they, you know, he was screaming and crying. It was awesome moment. I loved it. Um, I loved hearing his little voice. And, uh, and the nurse, the nurse had told me to like, okay, well, we're going to go weigh him now. We're going to go over to this part. And she goes, um, you know, I want you to look down and follow the line. And I can't remember what color the line was, but you're going to follow the line. We're going to go to this room and I don't want you to look over here. And the over here she meant was over at Siobhan because she was open because it was a C-section. So, yeah. you know, just look down and just walk through. And I'm just sitting there going, <laughs> I told the nurse, I'm like, are you afraid I'm going to pass out because of the blood? <laughs> 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 and And she's like, pretty much. And I'm like, Oh no, trust me, I'm good now. <laughs> Cause you've gone through so much stuff and you've seen this as like, no, no, I'm I'm perfectly, I'm pretty much fine with it now at this point. And it it ended up being the case. So yeah, I actually didn't end up looking over there. I just went over and, and dealt with him. But it was I, I laugh at that moment of of just being told to to look down and I'm like, no, no, I'm I'm okay. I'm good. Um <laughs> The, and that's uh, the thing. I mean, you don't know what to do. You, like, there's no guide. And, no. you know, I, I'm not going to say this right, but, you know, I grew up on a farm and, you know, birth was just a natural part of life. And, you know, there's that once a year pregnancy where you lost, a, you know, some livestock and you just yeah. kind of assume that nature knows what to do. But then when you get into the complexities of human reproduction and human birth, you know, there's no, nobody sits you down and says, hey, here's what to expect. It's just, yeah. you know, you, you show up and you're like, all hell breaks loose. And you're like, okay, how do we, you know, how do we rebuild this? And, you know, I, I sat, had some time where my wife, they weren't sure if she was going to make it. And, you know, my first worry was, how do I tell her, you know, if we lost the child? And then I'm like, wait a minute, what if I lose her? Yeah. and you know, it's it's amazing how all of that can go through your mind in seconds. Yeah. You know, it was yeah. Uh, if if you look at the clock, it was probably three minutes from drama to everything sort of calmed down. Yeah. But you had a lot of time to think in those three minutes. So here is the twenty second kindness break. Here's a tip for thinking kindly. Reframe your thought process that kindness is hard work. It's not. It's just a different kind of work. Check out loveandkindnessproject.org and find other ways to carry out kind acts or start a kindness project of your own. Jumping a little bit ahead, well, somewhat ahead, the, the, when you were noticing in the kids the differences, um, like, you know, your, like seeing how you, seeing your traits and characteristics come through in them, what was your path? Did you guys go for a private diagnosis? Like, not even the private public diagnosis route, but what was your first, what was your first stop uh, to sit there and say, Hey, you know, 
um, so-and-so person says, this is what we should look for. Like, what was the first sort of step in that? It was probably, I, I'm going to credit my wife because I think, you know, we we figured it out together, but she was mm. the the one to have the ideas, the thoughts, the comments, um, you know, and, and honestly, she noticed things that were different that just seemed normal to me because that's who I was. Mm. Um, but really, it was just, observing little things and and putting the pieces together and you know it it never once occurred to me that you know my my particular superpower is obsessive compulsive disorder um the big thing we learned was you know never leave the house without snacks for the kids um you know because cranky kids are easily unregulated mm -hmm. you know never leave the house without having you know some plan for the kids nap time um, it just amazes us when we go out in public and, you know, somebody's kid is melting down because they're clearly hungry, thirsty or sleepy. Um, we just tackled the obvious things right from the get go. You know, my wife is amazing at planning. So, you know, we had go bags with, you know, all kinds of snacks and things for the kids. Um, you know, we planned our life around their naps and, and you know, if, if we needed to be somewhere, we made sure they got their naps in. Um, but the biggest lesson for us was learning that the boys are more like me than, than uh, we had anticipated. Um, and by the way, it, it's kind of been a gift that I can translate the world for them. Um, but the biggest thing we realized is that our kids need structure and they need a plan. And so we never leave the house. And, and again, I'll credit my wife with this. We never leave the house without telling the kids, even when they were babies, you know, here's what we're doing. Just don't freak out. Um, but the big thing is we we always give them. And, and by the way, this is probably good parenting just as a, as a general lesson. Um, Kids with OCD don't change gears very well. So we always give them a heads up and say, hey, in 10 minutes, we're going to do this. Um, and really, it was just observation that when you say to, you know, when my oldest was four, we'd say, come on, let's go. We're leaving. And he'd dig in his heels. And, you know, you've not met someone more stubborn than a four-year-old with OCD being dragged away from whatever he was doing. Um, you know, and what we realized was there was this pattern, and, and that's where I think I came in. I'm really good at spotting patterns. My wife was really good at spotting solutions. And mm -hmm. we just recognized that as long as we give them that heads up, you know, hey, Mark, we're going to leave in 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, magically, a lot of the difficulties went away. Hmm. So we never actually, and, and this is something now we're, we're dealing with, um, we've never formally bothered with a diagnosis um, because with my kids, I can relate to most of the, the challenges they have. You know, they're over, overly stimulated by light. They're overly stimulated by noise. Um, you know, you want to make them miserable, put them in a room full of loud kids for a few hours you know with the, bright the lights <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and just for fun you know every now and then ring a big loud bell you know it's kind of <laughs> what we realized was that elementary school was designed to to drive my boys to that yeah. point of triggering um 
and really just I've learned over the years, here's some things that worked for me. Um, so we've had some really candid conversations, you know, and and I'll say, hey, here's what worked for me. Do you want to try it? And they say, well, I tried it and it didn't work, but I tried this and it did work. Mm -hmm. um, and the interesting thing is they're like me, but they are not exactly like me. So we've adapted different strategies for my oldest that worked for him, different strategies. And, you know, my youngest, we have two things that work well. He needs um, earplugs when he's at school just to down the noise. Um, but the other thing is once a month at least, he's got to have a day where he doesn't go to school. Mm. So we're just learning as we go. And, you know, I think it's just we're lucky enough that um, we can communicate well with the kids. I speak their language because, you know, yeah. whatever something triggers them, we, we give it a label. We, we call it something. Um, my oldest has a thing with germs. And, you know, as a family, when he says I've got the heebie-jeebies, we know to back off. Yeah. So it's just having labels. Yeah. The well, and I mean the the nice thing about having the labels and the names to call something, or at least to attempt to call something what it is, is that number one, you're calling it what it is, but you're also validating, and that is, I mean, those two things are, I I think those two things are hugely powerful, um, and it's interesting because. The question that came into my mind when you were talking, oh, don't do this to me, brain, um, was, <laughs> there's the ADHD. As soon as I open my mouth, there you go. Um, uh, nope, I'm going to come back to it. I know the question will come back, but it was cool. Um, and it would have been a super interesting question, but I'll zero in on the other thought I had was, the relationship between you and your wife, how you sort of had that pattern spotting side thing, she had the solution side down. When, before you guys, before the kids came along, were is that how you guys were together? Or did, is, is this part, um, I know where I was going to go with this, and I'm going to write it down this time, too. Um, oh, it just left. Damn it. Anyways, sorry. But is that how you guys were before this, or is that something that happened as you went along? Parenting advice. That's what it was. The any the, Now I remember what the thought was. Every single time that I get asked, you know, you know, do you have any advice for a new parent or something like that? Typically, I say no. <laughs> like, like, don't read, don't read the books. They're just wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know we figure like you like you said, figure things out as as you go, sort of thing. But there's no there. Love your kid. Like, love your kid. Learn and let them be the path that you is going to make you. You know, you guys like a stronger bond more than anything else um but what were that that was the thing i was gonna i was gonna bring up was, was about that one when people offer that parenting advice and it drives me nuts well read this book or read what to expect when you're expecting i'm like i'm gonna use that as far what are you kidding um the 
So, like, was were you and your wife's relationship, were you guys like this before the kids came along, or did this develop during that time? I'm going to give you a weird answer, and I'm going to say both. Um, you know, the the short answer is my wife has always been the planner, and I've always been the guy who figures out what happens when the plan doesn't work. Um, so I'm, I'm more the adapter, um, you know, and we both have different strengths, but for, for the first couple of years, I'm going to be honest, if it was left up to me, um, you know, I'd be out and the kid would be hungry and I'd be like, oh, um, what can we get at, at Walmart or something? You know, I, I, I'm not that organized. I, I forget the diaper bag at home and, you know, I, I more than once had to go buy diapers while I was out because the baby needed to be changed. Um, but the, the reality is, and, you know, back to your point about parenting advice, um, I don't give advice because all I can say is my kids are the most fascinating subject on the planet to me. And so I've spent all this time studying them. And, you know, we joked when our first was born and, and when our second was born that, you know, they didn't read the book, so they didn't know how they're supposed to behave. You know, so why would we there's read a, there's the book? There's a book? And... <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so why would we expect them to have read the book and understand? So, you know, we just realized, and, and I think this is important, you know, kids, even though they look alike and they might act alike and they might sound alike, they're still going to be, because that was the thing. Our oldest, we had four years of, of working with him um, you know, he was really gentle with us and he was kind and he kind of gave us a lot of patience when we needed it. Um, but all the things that calmed down number one did not work on number two. Um, mm -hmm. You know, all the favorite TV shows. Nope, he doesn't like that. You know, the favorite toys. Um, they were and, and frustrating because they looked alike, they sounded alike, but man, they were at the heart very different. and. Um, it was just one of those things we kind of early on, we just let go and said, you know, we're, we started from a place, both of them, we were so grateful to have them. Um, mm -hmm. We let them figure out how they needed to be and, and we adapted with them. And, um, you know, I, I'd like to say we have a really, really good relationship where we've talked things through even, you know, our boys didn't have, tantrums like many other kids um again if there was a triggering moment it was just up to us to be detectives and say okay remove hunger okay done remove thirst done okay let's have a nap okay what else is there you know it's it's just but that's that's my big advice is just be curious about your kids and find out what they need because one way or another they're they're hardwired to tell us what they need we just need to be listening and you know advocating well yeah and i mean that's the sort of the the downside of of the behavior right or or behaviorism in in general and and that is we miss the cues of what are all the little things that add up to that moment of whether it's extreme anger, happiness, sadness, whatever, what are all those things that that are going on? And I mean, uh, you say the same thing that I do is I always give credit to I always give credit to my wife because she was the one that picked up on 
so much of this stuff. And I was just, <laughs> and I remember the moments where she's like, you should try this, honey. And and she does, and I laugh because she doesn't remember. And I'm like, no, it, I mean, it made an impression to say the least. So she, yeah. she tends to always, um, I, I tend to always sort of give, give her the credit because it's, it's darn well due. And, um, I just know for us, it was, it was interesting because I think the way that, it, like after the hospital and everything happened that did, I thought, okay, that's that's the worst of it. Our son's born and we're going to start life and figure things out. And yeah. we'll know then other things started to happen. <laughs> you don't realize that <laughs> you don't realize that things are connected not until later. And so yeah. I I've I I know I have said this before, especially on the podcast, but I'm forever grateful to our, our speech pathologist who we were seeing at the time when Owen was four and was just like, she spotted all these things. And that was the answer right there. It's like, oh, and that started the more research side of things. And there was never so much a, a case of denial for us, but it's more like, this is explaining what we're going through. <laughs> this is what it is. But the... I I have I, I really appreciate the way that the like the way that my wife would talk to me and we would work through things together because I wasn't like I remember I showed you the um, the fishbone diagram that I came up with yeah. uh, which is probably a, a explanation I'll put at the start of the podcast to tell people what it is but I wasn't making that problem solving tool connection to parenting until i took that class right owen would have been two and a half three or something like that um because yeah. that was until 2016 2017 and that's when i started to connect uh, connect those dots it's like oh this could be really useful here um but you know that's where the solution part of me really kicked in and as soon as Siobhan would say something, then my mind began to fracture off into the myriad of possibilities it could be. And then you just start working through it. The hard part was that she just can't keep up with my brain. And yeah. that is where a lot of what I do, a lot of the talking and stuff, it's like, okay, you need to slow down <laughs> and and take and take a minute. And um yeah, I think uh it 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 was it, it was a cool process that way because you begin to realize that you're helping your kid in the way that is natural sort of to you and you're exploring that curiosity comes through as it's natural to you just like you guys did you know we did the we did a very similar thing it sounds like it doesn't sound that different honestly one thing i want to point out for those who haven't watched our other conversations is you know you and i both we had skill sets in our job that we were really good at and yeah. i'm a coach so one of the things i'm looking for is you know behavior reaction you know i'm always looking and reading people and it was just one day i was like you know i had this hat that you know here's jeff the dad and then okay here's jeff the, the coach and one day i had this moment of what if i was just jeff and I started coaching my kids and I, I started applying the lessons I've learned from my kids into my coaching. Um, 
I'm a better human being. And, and I can say, you know, as an entrepreneur, I became much, much better once I realized that, you know, I have skills that apply to all areas of my life. And, you know, so I teach my kids things. We have conversations. You know, I'm passionate about training. So I'm always spending time. And it was just the aha moment. You know, I'd spend this time training a client. Why wouldn't I spend the same time training my kid? And, yeah. you know, I'm a systems guy in, in my job and in my business. So why wouldn't I bring systems into the house and teach my kids these systems? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you can use those systems to, you know, to sit there and guide certain things that are going on. Um, I laugh because when you're talking about that, I had a flashback to all the sticky notes I had on my wall of doing a process map of trying to get out. How do we get on to bed? Exactly. And you know, really if that's funny. what helps you go with it, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think that's the other thing too. It's like, I mean, we talk about, you know, not wanting to give parenting advice, but honest to God, it's just more, it's not even parenting advice. It's more like self-advice of if you've got a way of figuring something out, go with it. Don't, don't feel ashamed or weird or compare yourself to somebody else. None of us have got this figured out. Like yeah. none of us do. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the funny thing, Mark, is I don't solve anything in my professional life without a whiteboard. And somehow <laughs> I tried to parent without my whiteboard. And I'm like, what the hell's wrong with you, Jeff? Like, sorry for anybody who's offended for, for language. But, you know, the, the, the moment was, if this is how I solve problems. And, and by the way, my wife doesn't use a whiteboard. She thinks that's strange. So we tried to default to her thing. But the reality is. If you think about kids, they only have so many reasons they cry. And yeah. if you can create a system to eliminate the big three or the big five, life with a kid is easier. And I'm not saying easy, but it's easier. And, you know, whether your kids have big demands or little demands, most kids need to deal with, you know, food coming in, food going out, mm -hmm. um, you know liquid in, liquid out, and, you know, awake or sleep. If you solve the big ones once and standardize it, um, yeah. you know, we had a bedtime ritual. We had a bath time ritual. Like, rituals were important to our kids, and we only figured it out by observing them and, you know, test and measure, test and measure, stuff. So. Well, and I think the ritual thing is interesting because, you know, people would tell us, all the all the advice that we got was like, oh, why don't you give him a bath with this calming stuff beforehand? And I'm like, it doesn't work. Yeah, he didn't read the of, memo. No, he doesn't. He didn't read the memo. And it's like the the when we got advice like that, that's when we're just like, I'm, we're we were getting sick of it. And because yeah. it, it 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 just it's just everywhere. Um, so then. Here's okay. So did did you ever feel how do I uh, I want to say did you ever feel left out? But I don't mean left out in terms of the relationship between you and your wife. But what I mean is when like feeling left out in terms of the process of 
people always giving your wife advice, people always um, looking at, you know, your child, like you're sort of kind of left to the side almost. Um, did that ever a lot? A lot? And, and I'm going to be honest, I don't really bother and worry too much about other people's feelings. If I need to be part of a conversation, um, my wife and I have had this agreement since the day we met. Um, I'm broad shouldered. I can take a lot of weight. I can, you know, hold a conversation. Um, I let her do what she needs to do. But whenever she needs me in a conversation, my job is to make the space for us both to be there. Mm. Um, lots of people, and and this I did find fascinating, you know, it's kind of like they'd separate her from the herd so they could give her that, you know, quiet advice. And I'd be the one to pull her back into the room and say, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. So, you know, it's my my wife is not shy by any stretch. But, you know, there were times when she people would should upon her, they'd should all over her. And I would just step in and say, you know, you might want to consider stepping back because, yeah. you know, yeah. Mama Bear needs her space and you're about to trigger something. So back up. <laughs> but, you're, con you're concerned for their safety. <laughs> yeah, this isn't about me. It's not about her. This is for your own safety. You might want to take 10 steps backwards and but um, yeah, a but, lot but, of people like to give advice that's unsolicited, and and that would be my one big piece of advice is ask okay. somebody if they want your advice before you offer it, because yeah. um, especially when you deal with with pregnancy and postpartum, um, that advice might be returned up your backside with a shoe, you know. So just yeah, yeah, think carefully so, how important it is to give that advice. So that that the thing that you said about like you know your your job your job your role is to make that space um you know for for you guys was that something that was a was that something that was there pre kids or was that something that developed through the kids it's something we've definitely consciously cultivated since we've had kids but mm -hmm. It, it was always there. I, I am a huge advocate and supporter for my wife in any way, shape, or form. So anybody who makes her life difficult, they get to deal with me. Um, and, and that's just our partnership. And, and by the way, trust me, she can handle her own. It's just every now and then somebody needs to, to hear a little louder voice saying back up. Um, but that's the thing with my kids. I, I've known from day one, you know, they're helpless, they're small. Nobody's going to advocate for them unless I do. So yeah. I owe it to them to be as big as they need me to be to protect them and, and to advocate for them. So, yeah, it's nuts. I, I'm I, 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 the I think this having that space and I don't think either you or I are not saying that we're we're trying to speak for for our significant others or something like that it's i mean number one sort of figuring out where we fit in in the process to begin with yeah. um but number yeah. number number two i think there's a difference in the distinction that you or i make versus someone who is trying to speak for 
that person that I think gets the bad sort of reputation, whereas we're trying to, you know, amplify and let that person's voice be heard. Um, yeah. And I mean, with with me and my wife, it it bugs <laughs> it bugs her because I will sort of try and do that kind of thing. Like, are you sure this is what you want to do? Because I'm going to sit there and open my mouth. And then you know what happens when I do that, honey, is that you're probably going to get what you want, which is fine. But, you know, I I, I sometimes do struggle to be subtle. Yeah. No. Well, it, it honestly, I, Mark, I'm we working have on signals it. for that. <laughs> What's that? I, I, we have signals. I always joke, you know, do you need the nudge or do you need the nuclear <laughs> option? Because I got both. Yeah, pretty much. Whereas <laughs> I don't uh, know. She, she lets me know when she wants the nuclear option. And, you know, we reserve that for the worst okay. case scenarios. But yeah. <laughs> hey there, it's just Mark now. Unfortunately, Jeff had to cut our conversation short as he realized he was late for a meeting, but we are going to chat again at some point. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as Jeff and I did. When I was editing this, I was still chuckling to myself, but uh, this was a great parenting conversation, and uh, it's fun to dig into other people's origins to see how it aligns with your own. So wherever you are, be safe, be awesome. Keep on being you, and remember, you are enough. And just so you know, there's a little extra conversation that you can listen to if you're a subscriber, and it ends with a really funny story about the moment that Jeff and I both realized that we've arrived as parents. Thank you for listening to our show. If you're hearing this message, you've reached the end of the episode, and for that, I want to say thank you. I hope you have enjoyed what you've heard and are walking away with newfound knowledge. We are the ADHD family. See you soon for a new episode. I have three things to ask of you. Number one, if you have any comments, questions, or guest ideas, please leave a comment on the Facebook page. Number two, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It helps people find us. And number three, if you want to be a guest on the show or know someone who would make a great guest, contact me through our Facebook page. This podcast is open to everyone. You don't need to be an expert, just passionate and want to see change. The opinions expressed by the host and guest are not associated with any employer or organization unless otherwise stated. information on this site and podcast is provided as an information resource only and is not to be used or relied on for any diagnostic or treatment purposes. This information does not create any patient-physician relationship and should not be used as a substitute for a professional diagnosis and treatment. Please consult your healthcare provider before making any healthcare decisions or guidance about a specific medical condition. The show, 
host and its guests expressly disclaim responsibility and shall have no liability for any damages, loss, injury, or liability whatsoever suffered as a result of your reliance on the information contained in this site or show. By visiting this site and listening to this show, you agree to the by visiting this site and listening to this show, you agree to the terms and conditions which may from time to time change or be supplemented by the show host.